Today's episode of Speak LA, the podcast is sponsored by Actors Connection. Today is a really special episode of Speak LA, the podcast, because we are recording during the coronavirus. This is an extraordinary time in our world, and unprecedented times like these are hard to navigate. So we have brought you, as our guest today, Brian Pataka, a renowned life and career coach for actors who is an expert in this area. How old were you when you moved to L.A.? I was 30, 30, 34. I had to do some 34. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know anyone here? I had a very, very good friend from uh, the donkey show and off-Broadway show that I was in for a long time, and she kind of opened up my world when I got here. Yeah. Where did you live when you first got to L.A.? I lived at Doheny and Beverly on the cusp of Beverly Hills in West Hollywood. What was your first job in LA? I was a spin instructor at Equinox. Uh, oh. I, just, I was like, I want to go to a good gym. And I knew that I could, if I get was teacher there, it'd be cheap. <laughs> wow, that's great. Um, how many years did it take you before you got your first job in the industry? And that, could, that can be New York too. So like yeah. you decided you wanted to be an actor and then how many years? So in New York... I was really lucky because I had a real job. I worked in advertising for two and a half years. I, don't, I say real job lately. And so I was auditioning secretly while I had a full-time job. So I, I don't count that as time that I was like pounding the pavement. So for me, the donkey show was my first real job. I was in it for a year and a half. And I would say, I could say it took me two and a half years if I had to, but honestly, it was like pretty quick. Yeah. Out of school. That's awesome. Yeah, I was lucky. And once you moved to LA, how many months or weeks or years did it take before it started to feel like home to you? Uh, it took a, two, a year and a half, I would say. A year and a half to two years before I felt like this is where I really live. I was so used to walking everywhere. Cars were a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to sum LA up in one word, what would it be? Dig. <laughs> it is big it's so big but big felt like the bigger love felt like such a dippy life coach thing to say but big felt like the actual how i really feel about it it's like big love it's perfect yeah yeah big, big love, love. Yeah. Like big here. yeah i love it yeah. Brian, thank you so much for being here with us today. We are so um, thrilled to be able to talk to you. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're excited. Me too. I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah. Really excited. Thank and you. And you know, as we've discussed with you, we absolutely want to have you back in the future to talk to you about what you do, which is working with actors, coaching actors. And we'll talk a little about that today, but um, today we want to really focus on this um, strange special time that we're in. Yeah. Um, this coronavirus lockdown where most of us are sheltering in place. And uh, we were just thinking it would be an interesting thing to talk to you in particular about, you know, sort of how actors can can deal with this and navigate this. Yeah. Um, so I would love to start if it's okay with you guys, um, just hearing about sort of what your experience, Brian has been with this new normal and how your life has changed and how you're dealing with it. Sure. And first, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm really excited to talk to your audience, even it's, and it feels, uh, uncomfortable to say the word excited to talk about this when it's such a sensitive mm. and, not necessarily positive experience, right? But it is exciting to connect. I think that's what I'm speaking to right now and hopefully connecting with your audience. In, in the new normal for me, you know, I was very lucky because just before things got really wild, I had 
uh, started a, a course with some actors on uh, getting representation. And so um, thankfully, I had some students who were enrolled in that. And so I've been very, very busy making that course as amazing and incredible as it can be for those students. But it also means that my partner and I are at home all the time in our house. And, <laughs> and, and he works from home too. So I'm on one end of the house and he's on the other end of the house. And two, two surprising things happen for me. One is I feel like we've never been more in love than we ever have in our lives because he travels so much for work. And so this is a whole new experience for us to be together for this amount of time. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are having the same experience of being together. I'll tell you, it doesn't say we get each other's nerves. And it's just like roses and Romeo and Juliet over here. Although I guess Romeo and Juliet's not, yeah, it's a little, it's not Romeo and Juliet's a tragedy, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and the other is there is a peculiar, there, uh, I think that's a peculiar and particular feeling when you are worried about someone other than yourself and you are distant from them. It's a very specific feeling because in my own experience right now, like I'm, I'm healthy. I'm not going out to the world. Um, I, and I feel pretty safe, but I am worried about the world. And then also specifically like my mother back in Ohio, who is uh, in a high risk category and who is older. And this morning we had an argument because she was going to go to the grocery store. Um, and I was like, you're not allowed. I will order food for you online. Right. And so that part of the, that, that push pulls with me a lot. And that's a place where I can get very uh, upset. I get very worried. And it, and it's, um, it kind of feels like you don't have any hands. There's nothing you can really do for someone other than maybe order them groceries, which I will do for her, right? Um, and so that part of it that that affects me. I think that that part of being distant from the people that you love and not being able to be with them. I think if any of us had a bunch of vacation days or were told like, "Hey, you're not going to be able to work for two weeks," most of us would be like, "Okay, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to see the people I love." And you're like allowed to see the one or two or three people who you're right next to, right? Um, and so I think there's a there's a like um, the, the like the, the What's the, what do you call it at home? It's not called quarantine at home. What is it called at home? It's called stay, stay at home. At, yeah. oh, stay at home. Yeah. Shelter in place. Yeah. The shelter in place yeah. can feel like, dang it. Can everyone else do it? <laughs> and can I see my mom? Like, it feels like I want to be a little selfish and obviously not, but that's, that's the best way to describe my new normal, I guess. My day-to-day yeah. feels pretty similar to what it was before. I wish I could go to Starbucks and get a nice coffee sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just described that so well, though. There's this weird balancing act that I think everybody is feeling like the whole world is dealing with this. Uh We're at home. Some of us, some of us are at home. Some of us are out there actually working right now as well. But there's this weird, you know, there's like this, almost like this calm. And then there's this very strange virus that we can't quite touch or, or put a beat on, but it's scary. And there's fear and there's anxiety. and there's all these spectrums of this coin. So I, I love how you describe that. It's like, you know, I'm at home and if it was two weeks off, I would be, you know, grateful for that two weeks off. And instead it's like this. So it's, it, it's really is a really strange thing to wrap your, your brain around. Yeah. And I think it can feel almost dehumanizing in some ways because I, we're driven to connect. And so I feel like we can be, feel a bit disoriented. Yeah. And for me, I will say that like in my, I had, and I don't know if you guys can, I don't know if this is your experience, but I'm hoping someone else is having this experience in a weird way. Um, like I will suddenly be overcome with some kind of grief. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's part, what I was thinking about this morning, just as I was getting on the call and I was like, oh, it's so weird. One of the things that grief does is it, it compels us to run away from it. It is, I think that C.S. Lewis said, um, I didn't know grief would feel so much like fear. 
And so we want to run away from it. And so part of what I think the difficulty in being someone of this moment or living through this moment is we have to normalize the feeling of emotionalness, right? I think there's mm-hmm. this, there's this weird thing. Like if you're really doing the, if you're doing the quarantine, well, if you're doing COVID-19, well, you're healthy and you're not feeling anything like you're not being emotional. And I think that's actually the opposite of what I think the voice we need to hear, which is you're allowed to feel what you feel and it's okay because it's not just the, the thing that is going on. It's how you relate to the thing, right? It's not the issue. It's how you relate to the issue and then how you relate to yourself for the way you relate to the issue. I think one of my coaches mm. is I'm stealing that from my coach, Dallas Travers, and she taught me that. And that's so helpful to me, which is actually, I think, a USM thing, university or spiritual, Santa Monica, whatever, college. But like, mm-hmm. that, that's not the issue. It's how we relate to the issue. And then the thing is, is we can judge ourselves, right? And so we double down on being hard on ourselves for not, you should be totally cool, Brian. Everything should be fine. Your health, like, I think we do a lot of the um, privilege shaming during this time. Yeah. You're healthy. You have food in your refrigerator. You're not in a high risk thing. Mm. You're not allowed to feel anything but great. Like you're, you're not allowed. You should feel grateful, right? And I think it's really difficult to then own where you are, and you're like not, you're not showing up as well as you can. If that's that's who you're being. That that yeah. I hope that resonates with some people out there. It does. It does feel like stages of grief. I, I felt like that when this all sort of started happening, like fatigue, wanting to run away, anxiety moments of joy where I was like, I, I don't have to do anything today. And then like, wait, that's not a fair feeling to um, feel. Are you feeling, you know, with, have you working with your clients and your students right now? What are these, what are some of the main issues that you're hearing from them and, and what are they struggling with? So one of the ones I think we have to speak into, or we're not doing a good job here is people are losing people, right? People, mm-hmm. are, people who are sick and they're losing people. And that, and that, I'm very grateful that I've, my group has not been touched much by that. Right. Yeah. Um, I've had some clients who've had COVID-19 and are okay. Um, and, um, but the thing I'm hearing mostly is, you know, there's a lot of financial anxiety because hopefully actors are making some money acting or they had jobs that let them have a creative, fulfilling, you know, flexible lifestyle. And those jobs are, far and few between now, there's less of those, right? And so I hear a lot of money anxiety from clients. I also hear this like itchy relationship with productivity and stillness. So I've had a few clients who like, I want to claim this time as I, I want to do things, but I don't know if I really want to do things. Like, so I have one client, I can think about her right now. And she was saying like, I just, am I, is it okay for me to do nothing? Right now? And I was like, it sure as shit is. Hope it's okay to say that on your show, right? And so she claimed nothing for, I think, about a week. And she claimed she, what she did is she made it okay for her to do nothing for a week. That was just the permission slip she gave herself. Cause like I said, it's our relationship to ourselves in this, right? And that was one of her most productive weeks she ever had, mm-hmm. but not in a productivity shaming way, right? And I'm not even saying that productivity is the answer to everything, right? It being still could be the answer, right? But she was by letting go of having to be the mis, misproductive. She became productive. She, be, she did things she really wanted to do. And I would op- I often say to actors that one of the strengths they could step into is what if you lived an entire day only walking towards the things that you wanted? You can get back in touch with your instincts again, which I think is so important for their instrument. I'm not, a, I'm not an acting coach. I'm a business coach, right? Or a life career coach, right? But I still think that that's one of the things that this might give you a time to do that, to like listen to your instincts in terms of following what you want. And then another thing that I hear from, if that answered part of the question, the other thing that I hear from clients is I've seen this huge like wellspring of productivity from clients because FOMO doesn't exist for them. 
Well, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. FOMO didn't exist for them until a million casting directors said, let's do, let's do open calls and everybody put yourself on tape. Right. So there's like low grade FOMO. Cause that doesn't feel like as, as, as like everyone in the world is getting auditions for every single show in the world. And I'm not, which is what it used to feel like for every, every actor. Now, at least it feels like, okay, I can probably put myself on tape for that. So I've seen clients like make, uh, make, create video, like, um, you know, create web series over zoom or whatever. I've had clients who have started to create a networking event that they do online. So it's been a little bit of both the productivity, like making product, owning productivity, and then also being okay with stillness, which I think is kind of, I'll say this when I opened my, Am I going the direction you want right now, Camille? Because I'm having a good totally, right, totally. Right? So when, yeah. I, when I first opened, yeah. when I first opened this course that I'm in right now, on the very first day, we were in the heat, scary beginning of all of this, and I think then we really felt the heat of it because we didn't know what it would look like yet. And on the first day, one of the things I thought I, I was like, we need to be able to do the work inside this class, or I'm not delivering for these students. And the world is weird, right? The world is different mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I um, Carl Jung says, our most precious spiritual possession is the ability to hold a paradox. And I know that I probably botched that quote exactly, but the, the paradox of, I am concerned supremely for the world and for the people in my life. And I am a child of the universe who deserves to be happy and can step into his own big, great lightness in the world, right? And to be able to hold that paradox is what I think we're being asked to do right now. So at the end of all this, I think that 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 what I what I do I agree with Carl Jung that it is our most prized spiritual possession is this ability to hold a paradox. I think that muscle is going to be that much stronger at the end of this. Is that our ability to mm. hold that two things can be true at the same time? Yeah. Um, and that's been a real solace for me. I'll say. Brian, you said something in that that I'd love to ask you about. Just in terms of you said you said you know actors maybe putting themselves on tape, yeah. um, which made me wonder. And I, I I've thought about this, but I didn't like completely think about it in this way until you said that. Um, I'm sort of wondering if for actors maybe this is a bit of an equalizer, you know, where, um, and I, what I've been wondering about, cause I'm, I'm not really sure about this is what is the, from your perspective, what is the status of Hollywood right now? Are casting directors, um, you know, requesting things on tape still, or is production so shut down that nothing's being put on tape? You know, it's such a good question. And it's something I ask myself pretty much every day. I will ask every day. And part of me is thinking about my students. And also part of me is thinking about how can I serve us when the transition begins to be back to normal, because I don't think it'll be a normal. I think it'll look different. Mm -hmm. So I think here's what I've heard. So I had a bunch of interviews with managers recently that I was working on to create this course. And, And this was during all this happening. And the managers were saying to me, oh yeah, we're getting auditions right now, but then we're not hearing anything about a callback. We're getting nothing, nothing after that. So they're like, yeah, we have an audition. And that, they're not getting a lot. I, want to make, I don't make any false statements here. We're like, we'll have an audition, but there's no like, and here's when we'll be shooting. There's no call. It almost feels like call, auditions for no reason. But then I've also heard of like uh, commercials being shot over Zoom that they're trying to use this moment to be able to put them into this moment. So um, I think what I don't want to do is ignite any FOMO on anybody. There's no great big pilot season, COVID-19 pilot season going on, right? I guess <laughs> in, in my, my, I have the suspicion that when things get back to normal, I put that in quotes, it's going to look a lot. It's not going to look that terribly different than the way things were before. I think we might have an expe- expectation that the business is going to be super different. I think on the back end of things where there's money people and the people that, you know, we don't interact, we don't interact that much, much as actors, things are going to look different. 
the budgets might look different because there's not been money being made for a while, or they may have to be changing that kind of that kind of stuff. But I think on our experience, it's gonna look pretty similar. The idea of being an equalizer, I really love that because the part that I don't want to think about is you're all now at zero. Now you get to build yourself back up again. That that I don't like that, but that, rather than that, but we're all now at humanity. There's something that I've been speaking mm. to a lot with my clients is there's never been a better time to check in with people in the industry that you know, and not out of some weird transaction. you like, I can't wait till you call me in. But actually, you know, there's this thing that I think about in other businesses where people are kind of chummy, like we're all in it together. Uh, I remember I was, this is such a sidebar, but I'm going to go there. My, my, uh, uh, I have a friend who was working on data analysis about Coachella and about Burning Man. And they were like doing this big research about it. And one of the things they said, part of the bonding experiences of Coachella and Burning Man is that you're all roughing it together. Mm. And so that's part of what people are attracted to. And so to me, even in this moment, there is a sense of we're all, we're all getting hair that's too long. Everybody's roots is growing out. We can't go get whatever. We can't go to, like, so, so there's a humanity that I believe if you really want to show up as a citizen of the world, an artist of the world, because actors are artists, right? Is that you are caring beyond the ability for it just to be acting as the only way you can express that. So to me, where connectivity mm. and networking comes from in this moment is just, Hey, just thinking about you. It's been a long time since I came into audition for you and the world is a very different place. And I'm just sending you thoughts, just hoping you're doing really well. And I, I think that that will, the thing is who feels good when you send that? You feel great when you send that, right? Because you're like sending somebody some good vibes. And it also feels like that's when you say equalizer, just that's, that's what comes over my mind. It's just this idea of the humanity of this moment. So you feel like this is a good time maybe to be sending th the type of email that you just said, you know, to a, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think that it's totally, I think it's a, if you can send an honestly caring email to someone that you've met in the business, I think it's a great time. What I don't think it's a great time to do. And I say this with, you know, like I'm like at an 80%, 80, 85% with this is like reach out and try to connect with people. Right. That feels a little bit weird, except there's a way to do that from a humanity, from a humanity standpoint, which is like, Hey, Kelly, casting director, we never met before. You've always been on my list. Now is it looks like that's going to be, it's going to be a lot longer. So that gets to happen. I just want to let you know that I love the work that you do and stay safe out there. And thank you so much, Brian. I mean, that could be an email that you send, right? But the, the what I like about this moment is it almost removes the ability to ask for something. You could ask, mm. like, oh, we have a Zoom meeting, or can we get on the phone, which feels to me like, I don't know, that feels a little bit like a bit much. It somehow removes the ability to, to transact. And there's something really, I think there's a gift about that, of not being able to transact. The other thing is, I think I should be getting 100 newsletters a day from all the actors who ever made a web series that they're proud of, because now is the time when we're, we're binging things. So I'm actually disappointed that I'm not getting more of those because now's the time I'm actually able to watch some of those things, those emails that come in and you never get to like. Sure. So I think that that's another place where actors can be saying, hey, if you're binging, here's eight minutes of three episodes of binging. Like, I think now's the time to be sharing that kind of that kind of stuff. Just please don't write... I don't need one more email that says, I hope this email reaches you well during the time of COVID-19. Like, all the emails are reaching me well. All the emails there are reaching me well. Thank you. Like, let me do my emails are reaching me well, Vance. <laughs> Uh, I love yeah. that you describe uh, FOMO as because yeah. I, I always think of actor anxiety. I had it. I know it well. I think all of us mm. actors know it well, felt it. Mm -hmm. um, and I never thought of it like that, but it really is FOMO. And um, I remember when I was really pursuing acting and I would be so grateful for the holidays when everything would stop mm. in L.A. <laughs> 
<laughs> because, yeah. because there was a part of me and I, and I want to talk to you a little bit about this, um, in terms of how the actor can manage that stress and anxiety, but there was a part of me that I used to, um, the, the, the business side was grating to my soul a little bit, mm, that, that mm-hmm. idea of pushing. And I, so I really like what you're saying in terms of how you are not only extending yourself and reaching out to people in order to connect and to be of service, but really you have to be of service right now. And I think that that's so great because it connects back to, I think the essence of why we're acting in the first place, which mm, is to share. Okay. So I, yeah. you know, I wonder how we, how we incorporate that. Cause I know, I know a lot of actors are feeling so much right now, you know, in terms of loss of time, in terms of not, you know, and some people, like you said, you're sort of being forced to to see yourself in a new light when you're alone. <laughs> You've got to yeah. deal with a lot of stuff that's coming up. Um, so I just wonder about that. Like, how do we, how do we deal with that fear and anxiety that comes out right now, which you know, is connected to the FOMO, I'm sure, or even seeing all yeah. these actors that are producing things on Instagram now, which I love, you know, I'm loving, yeah. I'm, I'm watching all these amazing things now. Um, what if you, you don't want to, <laughs> what if you yeah. want to read a book? Um, don't, don't do it. <laughs> I would say don't do it. So and here, and let me tell you, and here's part of why. So I believe, uh, this is like an Ignatian way of seeing the world, which is, I believe that desire shapes the, the shape of our, shapes our lives. So desires are, my belief is that desires are set placed into us by the universe or by God. And so my, by my desire to be an actor, I end up shooting with that headshot photographer. And on the way that headshot photographer, I stopped at that Starbucks and I talked to that person at that Starbucks. And that's why I went to that gas station. And that all, when we say how things happen for a reason that it is, I believe that it is genuine, that is generated by our desire. And so our desire is, that's why people say, talk about your calling. And so your desire can often, uh, help you be the most aligned with what's right for you to be the most conspiring with the universe you possibly can be. So if your desire is not saying to make something right now, please do not force yourself. Now that doesn't mean we get to do zero self growth where we get to go, Hey, I just want to check in. Is that my real feeling? Or is that some saboteur feeling? Or right, something like right. that? But the other part of this is please take a vacation. You know, they talk business CEOs and people who do the like, top 10 things of successful people and blah, blah, blah. I always say, take a vacation, right? And actors right. have the hardest time taking vacation because our business tells us that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Our business tells us the second you take a vacation is when you're going to get an audition. Or this take, you, you, the, every day you're not here is one day you're not here for an audition. Like you're missing out on auditions because you took a vacation, right? Mm-hmm. And so right. there's a part of me that wants to say, can you... It, I, I just want to say own the vacation. Don't half-ass the vacation. Either say, today is a full-on, I am not doing actor shit. Or mm. say, okay, I'm going to do a little bit and have like a, a little bit of a work day. Otherwise, you're going through this, you're, you're, the, you're the servant to two mindsets, which will leave you in neuroses. I think that Freud says neuroses is separation from self. So when you're like, I'm going to be the not, I'm going to be super productive. And you're also like, and I should be using vacation. Of course, you're anxious all day because you're serving two masters. Right. So I always talk about like, can you claim today? Can you say, can you decide that this morning, you can decide Wednesday is going to be a full vacation day. And then I always, I have this mantra that I think helps. And by the way, I don't think mantras help unless they help. So quit forcing them down your throat. The one that I think helps <laughs> is, um, uh, I will not be a harbor for blank thought. So if it's your vacation day, I will not be a harbor for acting business thoughts. Or I will not be a safe mm. harbor for acting business thoughts, which doesn't mean I'm not allowed to have them because that's just beating myself up more. If one occurs to me, I'll say, oh, great. I will put that in my back pocket because it'll be there for me tomorrow. 
So there's, so I hope that I'm kind of answering your question. The thing that I think, the thing that I want to also speak to is if you are called to acting, then when you're not doing it, you are less aligned with what the universe wants for you. So if you've had, if you're like, I'm taking a full vacation, I'm not acting at all. I'm not reading. I'm not watching TV like an actor. I'm not watching films like an actor. I'm not connecting with my actor people in some way. Then it's going to feel icky. Mm -hmm. And to assume that you feel icky, you know, I'm icky because there's no acting opportunities. No, you're icky because you're not acting. So that that's a short circuit. I think too many actors can make the jump of I'm not working. So I'm feeling icky. It's actually because you're not acting. That you feel icky. So we think about, I like to think about Van Gogh's painter that I think about who ultimately took his own life because he wasn't able to paint anymore. And so if we think about this, like we, I'm not saying take your own life. That's to be very clear. This is a serious conversation, right? So, but what I mean is you don't paint a painting because you know, it's going to hang in the Louvre. You paint because you need to paint. Right. So you don't act because you know, it's going to be on camera. You don't act because you know, it's going to be on stage. It's because you must act. Right. And so, um, I really lean into the idea of when you're feeling out of sorts, check how often you've been acting, how much you've been acting that week. Um, and right now I get that that's really tough because you can't be in a class in the same way. But I know tons of people who are in online acting classes right now, which I think we've all been like, is there such a good thing or is there not a good thing? And, and that's one way to do it. The other, I've seen a lot of people are doing like readings over Zoom. Um, just, I always say like, it's okay to do nothing. But I think that if you don't feed the, the part of you that was called to acting, you know, that part that woke up when you were eight years old or 12 years old, that you just got the message like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, that thing where you felt like, oh my God, I'm home, right? You had that that sense of, Oh, this is it. I'm finally here on the planet. Right. Then you are, you know, malnourishing your child. And so to me, you need to give it some kind of space to, to get some food. <laughs> How's that for an analogy? <laughs> That's it's a great analogy. I, I want to come back for a minute yeah. to the, um, you know, ways that actors can do that. Like you mentioned acting classes and stuff, but before I do, I just want to say personally, thank you for the, I've never heard anybody say the way you did on your vacation. If Wednesday's going to be your vacation, make Wednesday your vacation. Um, that's, that's an incredible way to look at it. And that's really helpful to me because I think I do that sort of halfway thing. Right. And it is, it's like you, you finish the day feeling kind of like you didn't do it. Yeah. You know, you didn't do it. Yeah. So that's hard, like vacation yeah. hard, <laughs> be productive and be hard on yourself and your productivity. Don't be hard on yourself for saying, maybe I should just take it like pick, like pick one. The other thing that I'm going to, can I just generally yeah. offer this? Yeah. I you guys have heard this before, but I used to be an anxious traveler and I love to travel, but the thought that has always helped me now when I travel is to hold on to the thought that you will come back here again one day mm -hmm. because it lets you not be anxious when you're like, seeing the Eiffel Tower and you're like, I'm never going to see this again. Or I usually see everything while I'm here in Paris or whatever, right? Mm. Like, hold on to the idea that I'm going to come here again. It lets you just be that much more present. And so there's something around that, that that I like to think about when I'm having a vacation day is there will always be work. And today's not the day for that. It's like just that it's mm -hmm. going to be, it's okay for it to be like to sit it on a shelf for a day. I appreciate what you think. I like yeah. that. That's, that's great too. I'm an anxious traveler also. So yeah. Um, I, I also really like the vacation for a day, you know, it never, that never really occurred to me. Like I always think of like, we'll go out of town for a weekend or a week or two weeks or whatever. But th this idea of, to, you know, Wednesday is going to be my vacation is really liberating. I, I love that idea. 
Um, but I wanted to go back if we could just really quickly, cause I, I, I really like the thing and I think it will help a lot of people that you're talking about, about ways, um, in which you can feed that actor soul mm-hmm. that you're, that you're talking about. Um, so you mentioned online acting classes. Yeah. That's great. You mentioned, um, I, I, what did you say something about zoom calls with actors? Is that, yes, did yeah, you, so, and then, so the, but then you also touched a little sorry no. and then I want you to answer on like watching movies like an actor watching TV yeah. like a, can you just talk to kind of like creative yeah. actor yeah yeah so um yes to online acting classes yes to doing readings online or meeting with other actors to read okay. guys and stuff and then I think we know I don't know if you guys know this but sometimes be, being an actor or someone in the business can ruin TV for me or sometimes it can make TV more enjoyable right like yeah. I'm really with the camera and da, 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 like an actor whatever right so I think that watching TV like an actor is different than watching TV like a passive consumer, right? So that might look like, okay, you know, everybody says I look like Gillian Jacobs from Judd Apatow's Love on Netflix. You guys, I don't look like Gillian Jacobs. This is a scenario. Play, right? <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure you're saying I'm Gillian, not Jillian. So I look like Gillian Jacobs from... Uh, uh, who's on love, Judd Apatow's love. So I'm going to watch that series again and just notice how she is contributing to the story as opposed to just watching it passively, right? So you can come, so one of the ways to come at it is what actors do I get in terms of castability? Like who, what actors do people think about when they think about me? You could watch TV to specifically look at those actors. That's one way to do it. You could also say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch the last five years of best actress winners from Academy Awards and so that I can just watch their work and learn about their work and see how do I do, how would I have done that scene differently? I also think something that is a really powerful thing is pick your favorite movie. It has to be a movie you like, or this will be a crap assignment. Pick your favorite movie and see if the script is online or transcribe a single scene from that script and just look at it on the page versus what you see in that film and just notice what can I learn from what was on the page to what I'm seeing now, both. Okay. That was set director. That was actor. That was like, how did it come to be that this is it? And to me, that is where we start to remember, particularly because I think most for LA people or people come to LA or people who want to work on camera is so much of the storytelling is not on the actor's back. And we as the actor feel so much like we have to generate the full story. So we get to see, oh, where's my place in this so that I can, I can exit. How could I, how would I execute this? How would I do this differently? Or how would I do this? Well, Um, those are some of the ways that I think to do it. And I also think it's important to me. It is not about um, like you could do a one-off, like you watch a movie, but I think it's, it's very interesting to watch an actor's uh, like path, right? So if you were saying the Jillian Jacobs one, if I'm going to go back, Gillian, Jillian, whatever. I go back to that one. She was also <laughs> on Community, right? And if you look at her on Community, the character she plays is not that different than what she does on Love. Love is a little bit more of a wreck in mm-hmm. some ways, right? So you can start to notice like, what does she do well that is what they're buying, right? Mm. So that's kind of what you... So so you might start to tap into, okay, so what is my thing that I do well? Okay, let me ask three of the people who used to be in my acting class. Like, what kind of scenes did they love on me? So it becomes more of a, what if this was a time to do your research as an actor? What if this was a time to mm. own the prototypes or the castability that you normally are, are called out for, you know? And what does that look like? Is it going deeper into that to me, what that would be? Does that help, Jen? Did I answer that in a way that helped? Totally. That's perfect. How, yeah. how important do you think structure is right now? And, and to maintain oh God, that. Wheel. Um, I think that's structure. <laughs> wheel. I think that's a new expression for some reason. Um, I think that actors are just grasping for structure as a way to stay small. I think that it is the falsehood to grasp for structure because it is safer and less vulnerable than putting the work in. 
Um, and so I love an idea of let's get up at nine o'clock and let's go work out and da da da. And sometimes that feels like from that feels like a, that feels like going to the Olympics compared to what my life normally looks like. Some people might be really good at having a morning ceremony, their morning structure and da da da. Great. I think that the the structure for me is clock in and clock out. Decide. Mm-hmm. To me, the, the structure is about decision making. So it is great. I'm going to open my computer and I'm not going to open a single tab except for the thing I'm working on today. Or you know what? I really want to work on my actor's access profile because I haven't looked at it in a year. I'm going to only open actor's access and look at that and make it awesome. Right? So to me, I, the desire for... I, the reason I say that structure, I think, is a, is a demon, is a, two, a double-edged sword because actors are striving for structure because they want to get things done. The truth is you just want to get things done and you're pointing at structure as a way to get in the way. If I had a structure, I'd get it done. Because to actually do the work is more vulnerable... Because if you put the work in and you don't get the results you want, then you have to point back at yourself. Right now, I think the gift of this time can be, I can put the work in and I don't have to get the results I normally expect. So what does that look like? What is this new experience of me? Like, great, I'm going to fix up my actor's access profile. Lord knows there's like hardly anything to submit to anyway. So I'm going to know that that's clean. What does it feel like to know that my actor's access profile is baller right now? Cool. Great. Now, let's see. Are my headshots? Oh, you know what? This one could... Like, I need to get this retouch. I bet your retouchers are still doing their jobs. Or what... You know, this just a whole different way to go about the idea of structure to me is... And I want to be clear. I'm not saying structure is bad. I just think sometimes we can hide inside of structure and a desire for structure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. I like... You know, I've been... And I've heard other friends talk about this too. Like, cleaning cabinet. You okay? <laughs> yeah, I just spilled coffee on myself, you guys. I'm doing great. <laughs> it's really cute over here. Just like Gillian Jacobs. <laughs> like, um, I have more nice pants for you guys today. Okay. Life in you look amazing. You still look amazing. <laughs> you do look amazing. Um, wait, where were we? I like uh, structure. Oh my God. Why can't I remember? You know what? Instead, I'm going to go back to something else that you okay. said earlier. Cause I, which is, you reminded me of something earlier when you were talking about, and I think this is a really good, good, you know, thing to remember um, during this time that things you might be productive in or getting accomplished might not be the same things that you would be doing if we weren't in this time. So like, and it reminded me of, so I have kids and like my 10 year old, um, I'm embarrassed to say, did not know how to do laundry or work a washing machine and dryer. Now she does, you know? And so it's like, (laughs) yeah, but like her schooling at this exact moment might not be perfect. You know, it's as, as many parents can attest to the teachers are, you know, also in the middle of a massive learning curve. And I don't think most kids are, are having quite the academic, Mm -hmm. um, you know, situation that they were two months ago. But, but what I keep telling myself is, but she's learning other things, you know, she's learning how to do her laundry. She's learning, you know, other, other life skills. Uh So I sort of like, you know, I never thought about that with acting before that maybe this is a time you were, you were talking about earlier, um, to grow in other ways that will also be beneficial. Yeah to your life and to your acting career. Yeah. I think now's the time to pick up the actor to-do list that you never pick up. Like I will, pr- I can yeah. promise you 90% of your listeners don't have a gorgeous database to people to stay in touch with. 
And it's the not fun nice. thing to do. It is so not fun. Like, I just want to own that it is not fun to create a database, right? So people, that can be the thing you step away from. So if you were to sit down and go, great. So I got this time. I'm going to go back and track every single person in the business I have ever met in the past five years. And I'm going to do the Google searching and I'm going to Google the shit out of them. And I'm going to find their contact information. I'm going to add them to this database so I can start to stay in touch with them on a regular basis once a month either with a postcard or an email or whatever it is. And I'm, you know what, as I think of them, because I'm a nice human being in the world of COVID-19, I'm going to send them a single email that just says, Hey, just thought of you. And I hope you're doing really great. Take really good care of yourself. Like literally it could be the perfect little system to do that every day. And I, it, does that mix? So Jen, what I'm saying is I think now is a time to say, yeah. like, it's like you, you do an audit of your business, go back and say, you know, what can be cleaned up and, and fixed up in this moment? Um, and I realized that, that that does not feel sexy at all. I want to be very mindful around this. Like, it is not going to feel sexy to do an audit of a business when you don't know when the doors are going to open on your store, I guess. Right? So that is why I think in tandem with that needs to be the expression of acting like we talked about doing some acting around there. And Camille, if I can just go back to the structure thing for one second is I know that... In, um, like, for example, if you're an actor who used to who waited tables before, you were a server before... I know that by knowing you had to go to work at four o'clock for many actors, that would be great. I'm going to do my actor stuff in the morning. Like it would provide some structure to them. Right. So I want to speak into that too, because I think, yes, there is a need for, okay, I need to declare this as work time, or I need to give myself a self declared deadline because I'm not having an experience where something else is deciding what I'm doing at a specific time. Right. Yeah. I think part of the reason why people in the course that why the course is doing so well with the people that are doing this course that I'm teaching right now is because they have a place to be every Tuesday and they mm-hmm. have to do their homework. And so there's like, there's, it's providing like a deadline outside of themselves. So if there was ever a time to find an accountability buddy, it would be during this time. Somebody you're going to say, Hey, let's get this done by Friday or let me get, I'm going to get this done because I think. Without having that outside voice to give you a deadline, it can feel very, um, it can feel very lonely, and also can be very like, what's the point, right? Yeah. Part of why I think uh, part of why I think it's hard to self-generate acting without being in an acting class is because no one's asking you to do it, right? If you have an acting class, you'll do your homework, so you're good at rehearsal, or you're good at. We have to show up in front of the teacher or something like that. So, I hope that I just wanted to speak into that because I want to leave anybody short change around that. No, I because I think. There is a thing. I, there is a desire for that. I I, I want to sort of repeat back what you're saying in terms of how you are explaining structure because I think it's it's actually different than what I've ever heard. So correct me if I'm wrong on this because I'm I'm probably simplifying it a lot. But it seems to me what you're saying with structure is the way you're describing it gives you room for feelings for how you are feeling on that day and in this mm-hmm. time right now that, you know, going back to that, the fact that it is an extraordinary circumstance of of our world, Mm -hmm. that we need to have room for our feelings. So to, to almost put in place structure is just sort of, and again, it is going back to almost everything you're saying, but it's, it's, it's basically not giving you the room for frankly grief or the process of what it is you're feeling during this time. Um, Right. And and come here. Yes. I'm just connecting it back to something else that you said that I loved what you said. So again, correct me if I'm wrong on this when I wrap it all up. But um, (laughs) the actor's instinct, we interviewed Anne Cusack, and she made a comment about Mm -hmm. the actor's instinct. And she said, I think very much like you're saying right now that as actors, we have good instincts. So trust our instincts. But what happens a lot of times in this industry, 
where FOMO is prevalent <laughs> is we forget that instinct. So in a sense, right now is, is a time to kind of go back into who we are, to remind ourselves that we know what we know, that we can do what we do, right? And that we don't have to get up and go to the gym at nine because right now that's, that's not where we are. Is that kind of... Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and part of what is important to me is I think this idea of a... I think of it like an appointment-based structure. So, so that you can make space for that. So I'm like, you know, like at two o'clock today, I'm going to work on my acting career for one hour. I'm going to set a timer and, you know, whatever. And then that way, all day, I have that kind of thing to look forward to, to think about, to throw energy at. I think about it the way you think about an altar. If you had an altar in your house, as you pass, the part of the reason why altars have been around for thousands of years is because they work. Mm -hmm. And an altar, you have an altar in your home, be like, like in the olden days, you, know, you have an altar in your home dedicated to love. Because every time you walked by it, you'd throw it some of your energy is kind of what the assumption was, right? So if you had a, your, your altar appointment at two o'clock with your acting career, your divine appointment where you're going to listen to your calling, you're going to take steps towards what you really want to do all day long. You're kind of like, okay. And then that thought that I'm having now gets to be mad at two o'clock. And then at two o'clock, if it isn't, if you're, if you're having a moment, it's not the time you can say, great, you know what? I'm going to move that to three. I'm going to go for a walk around the block. And because I have the, the privilege of I'm not running around to auditions and I'm certainly not going to work today or whatever it is. It's okay for me to move it. And so something around the ability to move it without shame or feelings of not, not, not being in the world, I think it is important. Part of what I also want to say, and this is what I believe is I believe, I think it is selfish for you not to step into your calling. I think actors can sometimes like, who cares about acting? Acting is not important. I actually think it's the opposite. I think that you have a duty in this lifetime to be an actor. That's why you were called to it. And you would not be playing your part on the planet if you didn't. So I want to really rewrite that story for a lot of actors is that like finding our way through this is what we're meant to do as, as actors, as artists, is we're, you're meant to find your way through this because that is the learning curve that everyone needs to have in the, on the planet right now is watch actors figure this moment out, right? So we'd be failing if we said... I don't want to be acting is selfish. It's all about me. It's actually your service by, by figuring it out, by being with it and figuring it out. Sometimes right now, I want to be very clear. Camille can look like not doing much. It can mean by you know, the thing that we, we talk about, the human spirit can, you know, kind of live through anything. Like there's a bit of like owning that there might just be a little less to do. I'm sure, you know, a mm. lot of type A actors who want to work the business all the time. Yeah. And I say, now's the time to work your art, not the business. Get cleaned up on the business. Don't work the business super hard. You know, it's funny. Um, I remember like, a, a, like almost a month before this happened, I was feeling particularly drained. I was about to go teach a class. Mm. And I thought to myself, when have you, you haven't been acting. And I started, I went into a room before I taught and I started working on a Shakespeare monologue and just uh, saying, you know, and I, and it was so interesting because immediately I felt refreshed and it goes back yes, to what you're saying. It's like, you know, why are, why are we called to do this? Why do we do this? What is it for? You know, and that's been a big question for me, especially now that we've been doing this podcast and I so enjoy doing this and meeting people like you and teaching and all that. But you know, there is something about saying the words and just getting into that language. And I did it for 15 minutes and immediately felt better. 
And that was it. Mm-hmm. It, it plugged me in for another couple mm-hmm. of weeks. I was fine. That's what I needed. And I, yeah. you know, I didn't need to be on a big stage. I didn't need to be on a TV show or a film or anything. I just needed, you know, 15 minutes with Shakespeare. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's so important when you say that, because, you know, it, what's curious is the feeling of fulfillment has sometimes become foreign to us and we are created to be fulfilled. We're not created to be in struggle. That's, I think that's how the universe makes us. And so those moments of being that, that is how you were meant to feel all the time. And so I think the ability to take care of that part of yourself is so important. And, and there's this quote that I always, I always quote from a course in miracles, which is, um, be determined each day, not to leave your function unfulfilled. And mm. that to me is a, is a, a voice of that. I listen, I hear that. I hear that that resonates with me on a very deep level. And so if you are an actor, be determined each day not to leave your function unfulfilled. Your acting might look like watching a film as an actor. It might look like talking about a film with your mom who doesn't understand what filmmaking is and explaining something to her, right? So if you're really fulfilling that function each day, you will feel that much better because it is selfish for you not to, I believe, because you're not, you're not helping the rest of us. And it might be a perfect time right now for actors to connect to that place inside of them and remind themselves what it is that is really fulfilling them in this craft and what they need to do. And going back to that idea of instinct and like that, we know that we know, you know, it's like, let's get out of that habitual response of like, I'm not doing enough and get connected back to our hearts of, does this make me feel good? Does watching this movie make me feel good? Does working on this monologue or meeting with my class or, and if it doesn't, then it's not the right plug-in for your craft for the day. Right. And Camille, you just made me really just woke me up to something, which is like, if the business isn't there, if there's no way for you to be paid for this, why is it important to you? Right. Right. If we could ask the question, what is the impact I want to have as an actor outside of paying my rent? Because so much is pinned on if I'm paid as an actor, that means I have value as an actor or, you know, right. And so I think like, so this idea of if, if it's not possible to get a job right now, why is acting important to me? It's such a good question for us to ask ourselves. And I think sometimes the question why can create some kind of weird defensive thing inside of us. So actually, I'm going to give you a relanguaging everyone if this helps. And it might be to ask yourself the question, what is important about acting for me? What is important about acting for the world? Mm. Very different way to speak mm. to you. It's a different way to speak to yourself, right? Because you'll find yourself within that without the defensiveness, I think. Yeah. Brian, before we wrap up, I, I would love if you don't mind if you just you you mentioned accountability yeah. buddies yeah. and for for people who aren't you know super familiar with that or haven't worked in that way will you just kind of speak to like if I was brand new to that how yeah. how would I reach out to somebody what would we do you know yeah. what does that look like so Camille this is super structured so you'll like this okay so <laughs> an accountability buddy uh, it can be anyone who's in your life the problem with the only thing about the accountability buddy is a friend it can be a friend or it could be your mom it just needs to be someone who isn't going to coddle you so what I mean by that is they don't have to coach you. It just needs to be someone where you can say to them, so if I was going to do this with Jen, I'd say, Jen, okay, so today is April 21st. By Friday, I would like to get done. I'd like to add, I'm going to make a guess here. I'm going to say, I think there's probably like 15 people that I could find their email addresses and mailing addresses for from my database. So I'm going to make the promise that by Friday, I'm going to get that done by noon. Can we check in at noon? And then Jen will say, yes, because I'm a great accountability buddy. And, and then Jen, what do you want to get done? And she might say, okay, I'm actually going to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C. So you're setting a date and a time 
one of the first things you learn as a coach is what by when. So what are you going to done by when? So you kind of have to answer the questions what by when with your accountability. What by when? I love that. What by when? Um, what by when? And you just you make that you make that you make that appointment with your accountability. What it is? I'll say right now, I have a client who checks in with me every single day. She just sends me the day that she's on in three emojis. And so I just know that she did her thing that say she's got this meditation thing she's doing every day. So I'm her accountability buddy in that way, right? So it's what it does is who you become by being accountable to what you say you're going to do is the surprise. So what you think is, great, I'll get those things done. And that's going to feel so good. And it's actually (laughs) sure who you're becoming by continually being a person of your word with yourself. Mm is what's how you that's how you revolutionize your life that's how you become somebody different next that's how you become somebody different in the business that's how you become somebody different as an actor by saying what you're going to do and then doing it and then it just kind of chemically it just lets a magical alchemy happens inside of you where you start to be that person who does what they say they're going to do in the accountability buddy is just a, a, a you know one of your seven dwarfs to help you get along the way. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love what by when. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Is that um, Brian, this has been amazing. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Um, can you tell us for people who uh, might want to work directly with you, which let me tell you, people, you should, <laughs> um, what, how can they, um, how can they find you? What, what give us some info? Two, I have two goodies for you. One is I okay. made a, a special freebie just for your, for your audience. So if you text, uh, speak LA to four, four, two, two, two. I'll say that again. So if you just text the word speak LA to four four two 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 two. Yeah, four four two two two. Three twos. Uh speak LA. You'll get uh an AB my an agent email super pack, which is a is a package of four templates to reach out to managers and agents. And I'm really proud of it. And it's cute and it comes with a video and a little training. Um, and that's completely free. And then the other thing you can do is my Facebook group is where I'm giving Facebook lives all the time and answering your questions. And if you just go to getmorecommunity.com, you will be able to just join that group and I will be there and talk to you right away. Please say you've heard me on the Speak LA podcast so I can talk to you. And when you said Speak LA as the code word, is that with the S-P-E-A-K-L-A, no dots? Or does that matter? No dots, no spaces, just one word, Speak LA. Speak LA to 44222. Great. Guys. Yeah. Guys, take advantage of this. It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's full of all the juices that we talked about today. All the good juices, all the good stuff we talked about today too. Yeah. And then Brian, if you will indulge us in a few months and let's hope it's in a few months, we'll have you back on and we'll just talk about more normal actor stuff. But (laughs) (laughs) for today, um, I think it was just, I know it was really helpful to me. Um, you know, to, to have a sort of specific to this very, uh, specific and unique time conversation. So thank you. I feel very, very, uh, lucky to be able to have done this with you. Thank you for making a space for me to fulfill my function, which is to, you. you know, support actors in this way. So it really is. It's a chance. I did my function today. I can take the day yeah. off. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA's podcast. We want to be able to bring you more episodes like this one, but we can only do that with your support. So please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to Speak LA, the podcast. For more information on Speak LA, go to ispeakla.com. This episode of Speak LA, the podcast was sponsored by Actors Connection. Actors Connection is a professional development company for actors of all ages and levels 
with complimentary resources, seminars, masterclasses taught by directors and casting directors, and the best agent showcases in town. For more information about programs in LA, New York, and Atlanta, go to actorsconnection.com. My name is Camille Thornton-Olson. And I'm Jen Jostin, and we are the founders of Speak LA. Find us at ispeakla.com. Thanks, guys. See you next time.